0: Welcome back to the Go To Go podcast, man. Episode 61. Week seven of the NFL season right around the corner, man. This week got another segment, hot or not. And then we're gonna jump into our week seven pick'ems. Week six standings currently. Both went the same this week, ten and five. I'm sitting at fifty-six and thirty-seven. You're sitting at fifty-eight and thirty-five. So things still at a standstill, man. Week seven. Coming right around the corner, starting off, man, hot or not? You're one of your, you know, not your team, but <laughs> team you highly rep, man. Hot or not? The Chargers will miss the playoffs once again.
1: Uh, I'm just gonna say that's not a hot take at this moment in time, especially coming off of that Monday night loss to the Cowboys where they had a shot. It was just a sloppy game from both, but it just came down to Dak Prescott making more plays than Herbert at the end. So that's going to be a tough division. I mean, right now the Raiders are somehow above 500. The Chiefs, we all know what they're capable of with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And that defense is, this is the best defense Mahomes has ever had since he's been at Kansas City. So they're pretty much lock in. Like we've been saying these past couple episodes, man, the AFC is just tough right now. Like, there's a bunch of really good teams, a bunch of teams that, you know, are making some noise that we didn't really expect. So, if the Chargers, they're fringe right now. They're on the line. I could see it happening, but if they missed, like, I wouldn't be, like, super shocked. So, I'm going to say it's not a hot take the Chargers missing the playoffs. I would have to look at the rest of the schedule and see what's going on. I know they got to play the Chiefs two more times, so – those would be a couple tough games, but I'm going to say that's not a hot take. They could char- the Chargers couldn't miss the playoffs, especially with their coaching and all that. I don't, yeah, it's, it's
0: They tough. said uh, that game against the Cowboys is going to be who's um, the least worst coached team, bro, between McCarthy and <laughs> yeah, Staley. Yeah,
1: neither one of those coaches like tried to help their teams win. It was the players that had to like, will themselves. Like Dak Prescott making – a couple of nice plays down the stretch that pretty much won the Cowboys game, like him creating out like out of structure. Like there there was nothing open for him in the pocket, but once he rolled out, kind of got moving outside the pocket, things then things opened up, which shows you the play calling from McCarthy. But that's that's
0: another story. <laughs> Hot or not, there will be a new coaching staff in Buffalo next year.
1: Hmm. I'm going to say that's a hot take right now just because, like, I feel like at this point, like, this is just what the Bills are, man. Like, especially with Josh Allen at quarterback. Like, you're going to get those weeks when they play the Dolphins and just outscore that offense and put it to them. And Josh Allen's making all these crazy throws, and he's the biggest playmaker. And then you're going to have some of the games like you did against the Giants where you go scoreless in the first half against the New York Giants in prime time. Josh Allen he's he's like a roller coaster of a quarterback. It's fun to watch, but there's definitely going to be some highs, there's definitely going to be some lows. I don't think I think McDermott's done a decent job. They're going to be contending as long as Allen's there. So, I, I don't think they'll be like bad enough to make him lose his job now. Would you want to argue they need a new head coach and do they need to change some things up if they wanna you know, get to that next level, which is obviously content for a Super Bowl and make the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say you're wrong. Like, if you want to argue that, if you want to say that needs to happen, then sure, you like, I'll listen. But realistically, I I think they're they're good enough that there's not going to be, like, any major coaching changes or anything like that unless, like, they just fall off a cliff. But I don't really see that happening with that team. They got, they got some talent. They'll be okay.
0: Last one up, man. Hot or not this browns defense will go down as one of the all-time great.
1: Uh,
0: all-time like in NFL history? NFL history.
1: I'm going to just say that's a hot take for right now. It it has potential. I'm going to say it's hot but like it's on the back burner. Like it, maybe, but it, it's too early right now. Okay. They've been very good. There's, everyone says, like, every team is the best defense. Like, some people, are like, it's the Browns and the 49ers are playing on prime time against the Cowboys. Oh, they got the best defense, and the Cowboys shutting out the Giants. Like, oh, the Cowboys have the best defense. There's a lot of good defenses this year. I'd probably favor the Browns. I'm sure we'll get to it later. You'll bring out some stats that favor the Browns. But I do think the Browns are the best defense right now, and I think they have the potential to, you know, make some all time historic run. But it, it has to happen first. Like what they did against San Francisco was super, super impressive. I and mean, I know um who's the who's the D coordinator? Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz has history against Shanahan. I saw a stat somewhere I think he's like, eight and one now. Yeah, and apparently Shanahan. Shanahan only scores like fifteen points against Jim Schwartz. So And the weather kinda played a factor too. But the Browns they're, I like – they're a sleeper team. They got a really, really good defense. And, you know, in the NFL, if you got a defense, you can hang around. So, I don't think we're in all-time great talks yet, but they're trending in the right direction. So,
0: I, I'll give you that credit. All right. That's my hot knots for this week. All right. I Got
1: a couple similar ones, but not exactly the same. We'll start you off with the 49ers one. So I'll go hot or not. The Niners are the best one-loss team in the league.
0: This is not a hot take. Um, I mean, you look at the one-loss teams, obviously. The Eagles, the Niners, um, the Dolphins now, um, and I think the the Chiefs. Lions. Chiefs and Lions. I I mean, these are all great football teams. You can't deny the fact – I personally would obviously go to the Dolphins the best one-loss one, lo- one loss team. Um, last week, they trailed by Carolina by 14, and then they kind of tightened things up, got the shit back together, were able to close out the game, and it ended up being Mike White closing it out on the field. So, I mean... Come on. Trailed against Carolina? like uh... I, I was just saying, like, it's, they haven't trailed much this season. That's like, not, you like, can't...
1: anything crazy. All right. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm saying, like, the 49ers still deserve their credit. They are a one-loss team. They played one bad game. They went from looking unstoppable in all aspects of or all phases of the game. And they just got shut down by one of the best teams in the league themselves, man. So, I...
1: I don't know if I say teams, but defense, yeah.
0: Oh, uh, teams. <laughs> well, we could get into that, too. But, yeah, I mean... Because once you he, say he teams,
1: now you're bringing in the offense and all that, too.
0: So I don't... I'm putting offense in there, man. We just need a quarterback at the wow. at the helm, man. That's all. But yeah, they're in the conversation, man. Best it's up for debate.
1: All right. So hot or not? After a shaky performance against the Giants, the Bills are still Super Bowl contenders.
0: I mean. I'm going to say that's a hot take just for the fact of the Bills so far this season, the inability to score, you know, get the offense going. Even in London, it wasn't until the second half where they got the offense going and really struggled in that first half. The defense has been suspect. Key injuries, Trey White, Matt Milano now done for the year too. Those are two leaders on that defensive side of the ball. Sean McDermott coach team. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's not really there for the offense. And with Josh Allen struggling, seems that we see Diggs throw a fit every week. (laughs) They had the run game going with James Cook, and they kind of just each week have almost been getting away from, you know, getting James Cook running the football. And it's kind of like –
1: I know. I traded him away. I know. In (laughs) fantasy. I'm
0: well aware. But, yeah, I mean, they're just getting away from the stuff that's been working this year. And right now it's just – they haven't trended up on a consistent basis. There's been a lot of, you know, the Bills scraping by. They had a good win against the Dolphins. I'll give them credit there. That was probably their best win of the year, best game they played all season. But key injuries, and when you don't have Keter or Kohu, a slot corner guarding Diggs all game and just having Allen throw it to him, that offense looks like it struggles, and it's either Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs, and... I mean, it's just chucking it up down the field.
1: And I got a third one, but I'm not even going to ask it, So Let's just get into pigs. <laughs> there's no point.
0: All right. Um, first game up, Thursday night football, man. Jags go to New Orleans, play the Saints, man. and um, Trevor Lawrence dealing with that knee injury, big question mark coming into this game. He's questionable. He said he was trending in the right direction. I believe I saw that report last night. I'm not sure if he practiced today or not. Regardless of the fact, I think the Jags get it done with T-Law out there. Not out there. It's a toss-up, and i probably lean the Saints, but if I just got to pick one team right now, I mean, I'm going with the Jags. ETN has looked phenomenal these past two weeks, kind of coming in the form of what they expected ETN to be coming into this league. They could get Calvin Ridley going at some point. You know, he had to go in there early, kind of fell off a little bit. He's trying to get back into the swing of this offense. And if he does, I mean, you know, it's going to be a dangerous team. And the Saints, they're they're just like there. I mean, their defense is really, really good. Um, top 10 defense this year probably. Just that offense hasn't really gotten going. Olave hasn't gotten a click in. Derek Carr has been banged up, has not helped. At all. So give me the Jags on the road. Thursday night, low-scoring Jags.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Jags here, too, with the asterisk next to it, depending on Trevor Lawrence or whatever. If he's on the field, I don't even think he needs to be 100%. I still like the Jags. Like you mentioned, this offense, is it's been super... It, well, not super, but it, it's been productive. They've had a lot of big explosive plays, but it's kind of been weird how they've gotten to it. It's been like a lot of Travis Etienne, and a lot of Evan Ingram as well. Those have been the kind of two main guys. And then you sprinkle in Christian Kirk. Zay Jones has been banged up this year, and Calvin Ridley's kind of been, you know, in and out a lot. So I think once they've figured out how to get those outside weapons going a lot more consistency and a lot more often, then I think they'll they'll have really no issues. Defensively, they've come around. I think they've had a solid defense. So far this year, young team like we mentioned, getting better on that side of the ball. And the Saints, I just don't like their offense, man. Their defense is super, super good. I'll give them credit for that, but offensively, I, they just look stuck. I don't really like what they do, play calling, game plans, and stuff like that. You got Michael Thomas, who's at this point, you know, he's not what he used to be, but he's a good receiver. Chris Olave, one of the best young. Talents in the league right now and they just can't seem to get things clicking with their car maybe it's the injury but I mean not horrible red zone offense they can't really score the ball at all in the red zone you got Kamara back so I, I want to see the Saints offense make progress because I think they got some nice talent but unfortunately even at home I-, I just like the Jags better as a team
0: yeah I don't blame you next game up man NFC South showdown you're Atlanta Falcons my Atlanta Falcon, I mean, I'm rocking with the Falcons, bro. Not really Desmond Ritter, but I rock with the Falcons. <laughs> um, they, they travel to play the Bucks and Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I was rocking with the Falcons last week. They kind of made me regret my pick and my decision. So give me the Bucks. You know, Baker Mayfield struggled last week against the Lions who were up there, you know. Maybe in some people's rankings of the best team in the NFL currently, wherever you have them, they're they're a top team in the NFL right now. NFC North uh, division winners probably at the end of the season for the first time in a very long time, but the Bucks man, Mike Evans, he had got off to a, a red hot start, and then you were thinking Baker Mayfield, you know, Mike Evans, that connection's going, Baker's the guy, a little Tampa Bay talk, but... It's not there. We know what Baker is. If he can get the ball to these weapons, he can secure a couple doves. He can lead you to a possible playoff um, berth, especially in this division. I mean, it's yeah. up for grabs. It's <laughs> NFC South being <laughs> NFC South at its peak. So now you play an NFC opponent here at home. It, it's kind of a must-win game for him. I mean, you know, there's not many must-win games I mean, every game is a must-win. But when you play a division this bad, it is a must-win game. Yeah. Because those division wins are going to come down to who wins this division. The Bucks' defense, not really anything to rave about. Falcons' defense, I mean, same there. I mean, if it's not B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts finally catching a touchdown. Mm. The world rejoiced. I mean, Johnny Smith's being... He's more in this offense than Kyle Pitts is. So <laughs> it's just I, Arthur Smith, he's a, they said he's the most animated coach or most fun coach to watch. Well, their offense isn't fun, but just give me the Bucks. I think they're more enjoyable to watch, kind of.
1: I'm going to take the Bucks at home as well. Bucks have been a team I've kind of been a little higher on. But, you know, tough game last week coming off of a bye week. Against the Detroit Lions, who, as we mentioned earlier, they only got one loss. One of the better teams in the league right now. And the Falcons coming off a bad loss to Washington. I think they, like, led – they had more yards than Washington. They had more, like, pass completions. They literally, like, had better numbers across the board than the commanders. And Mm -hmm. it just came down to that last drive. Desmond Ritter, not really producing. And they just lost to the commanders at home, I believe, as well. That was Desmond Ritter's first home loss too, I think.
0: Since college. Yeah. Well, which like, is, he hasn't lost since a home game in college or the NFL until last week.
1: Yeah, which is insane. But I like the Bucks. I think this will be a good bounce back game. Like we mentioned, the Lions, one of the better teams. That offense is crazy. So it's going to be hard to keep up with them. So I think it'll be a lot easier to keep up with the Falcons here. You mentioned Mike Evans and Baker had a nice connection. They also had, you know – A nice play that just got batted down at the line of scrimmage. Would have been a long touchdown to Mike Evans. He was wide open. They got Chris Godwin out there still. Really nothing from the run game, which is kind of tough. So, teams just know to drop back in coverage because you're not going to do anything running the ball. So, hopefully they can get the ball going on the ground a little bit just to make it easier because, you know, as a former Baker Mayfield supporter yourself on that play action when he's got the run game going, he's a, a lot better quarterback. So, the Falcons, I just... I just don't like you mentioned, bro. Like, John o. Smith is getting used more than Kyle Pitts. Like, like they have so they have talent on the outside. Drake London, he's getting involved more, which you like to see. Uh, Bijan Robinson, I think, is still behind Tyler Algier in terms of like goal line attempts and goal line touches. Like, you have all these super high capital draft picks like London Pitts. And um, Bijan were all taken in, like, the top 10. Like, maybe even, I think London was, like, closer to 10. But Bijan, Kyle Kyle Pistis number four overall pick. Like, you're investing a lot, a lot of draft capital in these guys. And it kind of seems like you don't really use them as much. I think the Falcons have potential. Desmond Ritter, I'm with you. Not really that big of a believer in him. So, I'll take, you know. Division rival. I'll, I'll take the home team here, the Bucks. I think they're
0: just a better team. Desmond Ritter went eight in the NFL draft. And then you mentioned the Baker Mayfield me, play Kyle action. Pitt. Kyle Pitts or London? Drake London went eight. Okay, yeah, you said Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter not going uh, to right. uh, um, But then Baker Mayfield play action. It's going to get me back to the, the Kevin Stefanski <laughs> offense. Just real quick, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, he created that offense for quarterbacks like that so um next game up is gonna get us the vegas raiders man they travel to chicago play the bears in the quarterback list game possibly jimmy g he got released from the hospital justin fields you might as well chalk him out he's doubtful Mm -hmm. i don't know who the raiders would start if they go back to what's his name the rookie I think O'Connell,
1: were, yeah. But I don't think I think it, they I don't said think it's him. I think Stidham, Brian Hoyer. 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 Hoyer's yeah, in. you're right. Yeah.
0: It is Brian Hoyer. Blast from the past. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just really what team could run the ball more, I guess, or force a turnover, or what quarterback could throw it up to their star receiver and go <laughs> up and get it. And I'll probably take Tay Adams on that. I think he's a little banged up too, but – He's going to be good to go for the game. The Bears, DJ Moore. I mean, it's just one of those guys. Someone's going to have to make a play in his game because it's not going to be, you know, a flashy game by any means. Raiders on the road, tough environment in Chicago. You know, the stadium's going to be rolling. But, I mean, Josh Jacob and the Raiders, I think they get it done. I think they established this run game. Former rushing leader last year in the NFL think they get it done on the road against this Bears team. And the Bears are looking to pick one and two again in the draft.
1: Yeah, this game is just its going to be tough. You got Brian Hoyer. And the Bears, I believe, I forgot his name, but I think they're starting a rookie as well. So, it's going to be ugly. No quarterback for either team. Super quick, over, under, three and a half um shows on red zone for this game? Like how like are <laughs> you going over or under, bro? Three and a half appearances on red zone for
0: this Bears Raiders game. Three and a half's low, so I'm gonna take the over, but I think it's gonna be single digits possibly. <laughs> like are we counting like an octo box at the start of the day? Like
1: <laughs> Nah nah, that that's that's a given. Okay, we'll bake that in, so then we'll just go
0: four and a half. Uh I'll still take I'll still take the over because there's gonna be you know, they're going to be like, look what happened in this game. Like, nothing's going to be happening. and then uh, It's going to be handsome like, uh, another punt be, from the Raiders. <laughs> this is the 12th
1: punt yeah. of the game, an
0: NFL record. Yeah, that's how they'll get on. And it's going to be, like, a botched snap somehow and just, like, how ugly the game is. Yeah. That's why they'll show it, like. Yeah. Because it's not right. mediocre football. It's going to be bottom-of-the-barrel football. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be a good game. Uh, Tyson Bayne. Yeah, I believe he's a rookie. I mean, you might as well throw that boy Nate Peterman in the game, man. <laughs> Third string.
1: Yeah, on that note, I'll take the Raiders. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, next game up, man. The Cleveland Browns go to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Gardner Minshew starting quarterback, obviously. Ar out for the season. Gonna go ahead and get that shoulder surgery. Mention those numbers you talked about earlier. Just get out of the way, bro. We all Actually, know-
1: hold on. Let me go first and I'll let you. Okay, I'll be yeah, quick, bro. I'm going to take the Browns, especially that defense. Gardner Minshew not looking the best last week. Uh, Give me this Browns defense to just make it a super easy game for whoever's playing quarterback. I don't even
0: know at this point. So uh, I'll get to that in a, in a minute who is playing. Browns. The stat everyone knows, Browns defense, 1,002 yards through five games, third best since 70. I mean, you might as well say the best because it was 1970 and 1971, those two years, maybe before the uh, pass past 10 yards was invented. Um, (laughs) So it was probably just hard-nosed football. Browns are allowing a 7.5 QBR man coverage this season against opposing quarterbacks. Miles Garrett last week, a 31% pass rush win rate against Trent Williams, the highest anybody has had against Trent Williams in his career. Um, the Browns have allowed a whopping 52 first downs in five football games and a 23.1% third down conversion rate for opponents in third down situations against the Browns. And I also want to shout out the rookie right tackle, DeWan Jones, nine pressures in five games as a – I believe a fourth-round rookie drafted this year. Stepped into Jack Conklin's role after he went down with another season-ending injury. I mean, he's looking to lead at that right tackle position. Probably our best lineman this year, and he's a rookie coming in. And just holding down that right side, he's held up. I think he did let up like one sack. It was against Bosa, but, I mean, he's been the best guy. Never gets any penalties. He's been holding down that right side. As far as our quarterback situation, Sean Watson, once again, did not practice. He said he has no control over the football and where it's going. Um, It's it's a little frightening on that side of that aspect of things. Um, Still listed as questionable day-to-day. Once again, the Browns' PR team handled it horribly. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the run game, it started off slow, but hunting forward, they got it going, Hunt. I mean, I believe Ford had 50 rushing yards in the final two drives of the game last week. So he got it going in the fourth quarter, a little wear and tear on that Niners defense. And then quickly for the Browns defense, we want to shout out uh, Ogbo Okoronkwo. I probably always mess it up. Dalvin Tomlinson, both those guys getting active in the backfield, two offseason additions. So shout out Andrew Barry for that. And Martin Emerson, number one uh, lockdown man-to-man corner. First career pick, but P.J. Walker, Deshaun Watson, it doesn't matter. I mean, the Browns, you handle the 49ers, should be able to handle the Colts. And Gardner Minshew, I mean, you know, P.J. Walker didn't play great against the Niners, but he put the team in a position to win. He was able, you know, whether he got those calls in the fourth quarter on that last drive, he made some throws that really, you know, Kept drives going early in the game that led to that touchdown drive. Amari Cooper made some big plays, showed why he's a wide receiver number one. And so, just give me the Browns, man—the best defense in the NFL. You can't deny, and the numbers certainly aren't lying, man.
1: All right, I just have a quick question. Like, as a Browns fan, like, are you even like somewhat concerned about what's going on with Watson? Oh, very like. They said he was medically cleared but then I guess they just didn't know like even though Deshaun's medically clear like he just might not play like do you think like there's something more than like just his shoulder going on like is there something more to it like I don't even know like what type, like I've never seen anything like this so like I like, as a Browns fan like what's your
0: opinion on like Deshaun so as of now I do think it's his shoulder is there any more going on no first off the Browns like I said, they botched this PR-wise, and Kevin Stefanski is a horrible coach. Um, went ahead and said his quarterback was medically cleared to play when he did not play. Even if he was medically cleared, I'm pretty sure 99% of the rest of the league would have never thrown their quarterback under the bus. And I think I was watching... Well, he, do
1: you think like maybe there just like isn't any communication? Maybe he thought like since Deshaun was cleared, like, he just play, and Deshaun's was like, no, mm-hmm. like, I still, even though I'm clear, like, I just don't feel right. And then maybe afterwards, Samantha's like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't think, like, maybe I didn't <sighs> we, think about that.
0: It could be, bro. That's why he's <laughs> one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Like, I, I mean. Like, maybe I should have talked to you first before going on. Like, like he's just, yeah. he's dumb. Like, I, I don't know how to put it. It's a, it's a bone bruise and an internal bone bruise on a shoulder. Uh, I think the rotator cuff specifically. And you could say you're medically cleared by range of motion and everything, but no one knows how deep that bruise is. It's below the surface. You can't see it. You literally can't. So, yeah, if he has a full range of motion. But if he's coming through and he says he doesn't know which direction the ball is going to go in, like I think him not practicing the whole week and him being like, yeah, the ball is not really going where I want it to. I mean, that's pretty concerning, bro, because you try to throw a slant, that ball's you know, going five feet left, right? Like, it's a pick every time, so. Another
1: K- hypothetical. If the Browns, like, literally didn't have the best defense in the league, how upset
0: would you be right now? Oh, I mean, <laughs> this season would just be over. I mean, the loss of Nick Chubb, and then you go ahead and lose your quarterback. I mean, I would have probably just said tank the season, man. Like, they probably would have had to move a couple of pieces that were on contract years. Like, it, it really would be bad. So, if Deshaun doesn't play this week, I'm fine with it. Week eight, I think he got injured. What week four? Um, so that'd be five, six, That's seven. It. They just
1: eight. put him on IR, like.
0: No, week eight would be four weeks fully recovered. This rotator cuff is two to six week injury. They also don't know if he'll be a hundred percent at all this season, but should be good enough to go. And I mean, sounds like they should give him the Anthony Richardson treatment. And we'll just, just give him the surgery and shut just, him down. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can tell you what, AR is not making 230 M's in a win-now situation. Like, th- this is a win-now situation. I mean, Jim Schwartz has his defense playing like it should have been during the whole Joe Woods era. Um, and now you finally get it going, and now you don't have a healthy quarterback. So it kind of sucks. But once again, PR team, they sucked in handling it. Kevin Safansky did the worst job a coach could ever do, because I think Shannon Sharp said it. He was like, "Are you trying to like outlast your quarterback that's on a contract for five plus years, two hundred thirty million dollars, while you have potentially are in a hot seat?" Like, so he, that's yeah, how you lose One of the smart room.
1: thing to do would be like just win games and then save your job with your quarterback instead of trying to outlast them.
0: Like, yeah, like bro, but I mean, he's just trying to like throw his quarterback it horrible, man. It was ho- handled horribly in typical Browns fashion. Um, just, you know, some things, I guess, just never get right with this organization. And I do want to say I saw some cool Andrew Siciliano, Cis- Cis- the one that used to do the, old, the other red zone, mm-hmm. just calling the Browns game as a Browns fan, man. That shit had me lit, bro. But, Another thing
1: I've noticed about this Browns team like I know like we always make fun of the LA teams like the Rams and like the Chargers for like not having like any home field advantage like at all like where the Browns like might legit have one of the best home field advantages like especially like there's there's just always horrible weather like it's always like light rain and or it's like either super super cold but especially like when the teams like a little competitive or like there's some hope bro that stadium like The fans show, it gets crazy in there, especially in this day and age where, like, home field seems to mean less and less. And, I mean, it's even showing up in, like, the numbers and stuff. Vegas doesn't account for it as much anymore in terms of the spreads and stuff. But I feel like the Browns are one of those teams, like, whereas you can always
0: count on, like, home field actually meaning something. I mean, there's no doubt, bro. You get in there, dog pound, I mean, they make fun of it all the time. You got Lake Erie right there, man. I mean you get the combination of the wind and a lot of people are, you know, coming for Jake Moody's head for missing that 41-yard field goal. Dustin Hopkins missed one earlier in the game. It was a little bit longer. It, it's not easy to kick in Cleveland. A lot of people talk about, you know, the Steelers in the Allegheny um, and what the wind does over there because of the, the little opening they have. I mean, the Browns don't have that exact opening, bro, but the wind's swirling. I think it was 17 mile-an-hour winds last week mm. and you're kicking on a Dark field, rain coming down all day, grass is going to be wet. Like, it is not an easy place to kick. And I
1: can't remember the last time I, like, just like in my head, like, oh, it's nice weather in Cleveland for that game. Like, (laughs) it's always, it always seems like, oh, it's going to be some bad weather.
0: Like, this might be one of those games. The Browns stick around. Like, (laughs) like, I mean, that's why it's legit, it's
1: legit like a, a factor.
0: No, 100%. And it's, I mean, comparable to Buffalo and what they got going on. um, The home field advantage is unmatched. Dog pound, they always rock out. I mean, you got a team and you got a fan base that left Cleveland, came back to Cleveland at one point, have been abysmal their whole, you know, the whole tenure of their existence. And you got fans going out there, I mean, There's one thing they have is that home field advantage. And a lot of people, they talk about, oh, we got the best fans, this and that. There's a lot of Browns players that I see, you know, a lot of people in the NFL say we got the best fans. But, I mean, I think there's just a belief in Cleveland that there there really is no fair weather Browns fans. Like, you're either a Browns fan or you're not. And I see posts all the time, like, no one reps – Being from a state harder than people from Ohio, and I mean, bro, it's just in the identity just to go hard. So if you're a Browns fan, I mean, trust me, it's there, bro. I'd love to be out there for a game, bro. I'd probably be probably be miserable with the weather, but the atmosphere. Yeah, you gotta go like week one. (laughs) (laughs) Week one, sun shining. Like I think that was the only week like yeah good weather, but definitely definitely up there. Fan base wise, I mean, home field advantage unmatched. That's why they had Nick Chubb. I mean, workhorse running back for those games like that. It's just it's a different different breed, man, out there. Uh, you no more hypotheticals now. We done? Oh, that was it. (laughs) I bet bet. it's gonna lead us. So, in case you didn't know, I had the Browns. It's gonna lead us to the Commanders (laughs) versus the Giants. Wasn't you? In a NFC East showdown. Um just give me the Giants. I don't I really don't have much to say about either of these teams.
1: Ah, good old NFC East Showdown. Uh, Giants are at home. I just like Commander's defense a little bit better, so I'm gonna take Commanders. Tyrod Taylor, I think he'll still be out there. Not too sure about Daniel Jones' availability. Saquon, he I be, did he play against the Bills. I think he, he came back he last week, wasn't really too effective. So it'll be nice to get him a week back healthier, but I just I think this commander's defense, along with Sam Howell just being a better quarterback than Tyra Taylor at this point. Give me the commanders
0: on the road. My pick for game of the week that's not prime time. I got we got the Lions traveling to Baltimore. Play the Ravens, I think it's going to be a good game, Lions on the road. You always talk about how dominant that offense is at home. They've gotten a couple signature wins on the road so far this season. This, you know, a later test into the season, we're in, getting it in October now, Lions playing the Ravens on the road, man, and the Ravens battling for that, you know, AFC North title, Lions battling for that NFC North title, both lead their divisions respectively, So it's going to come down. One team's got to win. One team's got to lose. I think it's going to be a great game. And I think you see Jared Goff, you know, you always talk about how he plays in that dome. I think he gets a couple passes in there, but I think it's going to be a David Montgomery type game against this Ravens. Well, he's
1: injured, so it's going to to be Jameer Gibbs. Nah.
0: They'll probably find another running back to play over Gibbs,
1: but. Yeah, at this point, Craig Reynolds. (sighs) The Lions, yeah. Yeah. I like the Lions too, and I was well, before we started. I was kind of telling you like, I, like I was been kind of fading the Lions. I, I mean, I'm not you know oblivious. They're a good team, but it's like, oh, maybe the Bucks can get them off of a bye. But I think the Lions have officially entered that realm. Whereas they're just a good team that's gonna beat like bad teams. Like it's just a given. With that being said, I don't think the Ravens are a bad team, but I just feel like the Ravens have so much like like, potential, like, missed out. Like, I feel like this Ravens team could be so much better than what they actually are. And I don't know. It's Maybe it's just the AFC North. Like, it's just always one of those games. Like, they just always play a division rival, and those games are just always so ugly and not exciting at all. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I like Lamar. I think Lamar is going to have a good game. I think he'll continue to have a really good season. But in terms of overall, especially with the Lions... I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown's got going. Then on defense, you got Aiden Hutchinson stepping up. Jamison Williams, he's back. He had a big touchdown catch against the Bucks. That just adds another wrinkle, a very explosive weapon for Jared Goff in that offense. Jameer Gibbs, maybe he'll be back. I know he was out the last couple weeks, so coming off of an injury, he might be a little slow, but another explosive weapon for them to use in the offense, and Talk about that offensive line. The reason why Jared Goff has just, that offense is just moved so much. He just has time in the pocket. Arguably, you know, one of the top offensive lines in the league. That's why David Montgomery's running all over the place because they're blocking well. So, I just think the Lions are just a, a all all around just really really good team. And I, I think the Ravens will put up a little. It'll be a decent game, but I, I just don't. I think the Lions get a a pretty solid convincing win. On the road against the Ravens. I just think the Ravens, they're in different tiers in terms of teams, how they're playing. Saw a couple of weeks ago, those Baltimore receivers just not on the same page. A lot of drops. You know, they got a lot of young guys. O- Odell, he's not separating like he used to. They lost Dobbins. The run game's kind of up in the air. It just kind of seems like it, classic Ravens, whereas it's, it's just Lamar and what else? Now it's just Lamar. A better scheme and what else. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think that's going to be enough to beat this Lions team. That uh, I mean, honestly, they're looking like one of the top teams, maybe even a Super Bowl contender at this point in the year. So, I think the Lions get a, a strong win on the road here. And I don't think it's really close.
0: It's going to lead us to another divisional matchup this week that it it hurts my brain to say this is a horrible game the buffalo bills (laughs) they play the patriots in new england give me the bills man malik cunningham maybe showed you know like maybe a little little hope for winning a couple games this year possibly just if josh allen can't win against this one man he might as well just go ahead and get rid of the coaching staff (laughs) because it'd be time but give me the bills on the road Patriots are probably one of the not even bro. They're my least least fun team to watch, most boring team to watch and like they came into the season with something, you know, at least of being a mediocre team play binge fringe playoff hopeful. Yeah. They're nowhere near that. They're Caleb Williams fringe right now.
1: Yeah, the Patriots have definitely been one of the most disappointing teams. Probably the most disappointing team so far in this season, unless you're a Chicago or a Broncos fan. But I don't think the last time Josh Allen and the Bills lost to the Patriots, I believe, was that like super windy game in Foxboro. It was like five passes thrown by Mac. And Mac Jones was wearing like a scuba suit underneath his uniform. So, yeah, that was at, that was like two years ago at this point. So, two, three years ago. The Bills, they looked shaky, but, I mean, it's the Patriots, man. As of late, they've always had their number. Josh Allen, I think he'll bounce back. Stephon Diggs, he'll get a bunch of targets. Won't be crying as much, maybe. But, yeah, the Pats here, they've been very disappointing. Mac Jones has seemed to have regressed a lot. For a former Pro Bowler, that's the stat for you. <laughs> That'll be trivia in a couple like ten years. <laughs> what quarterback? What rookie quarterback made the Pro Bowl in <laughs> twenty twenty. Fucking Mac Jones. But uh yeah, the Bills are the better team. They should they should get this one here.
0: So just just crazy stats that I'm gonna throw out from this game. December sixth, twenty twenty one, fourteen ten game. Mac Jones went two for three. For 19 yards Janu Smith Who was Patriots tight end He was the lead receiver One reception For 12 yards So he got 7 yards On his other completion Josh Allen He went 15 for 30 He threw the ball A lot well, not Yeah a lot, 50% but. completion per, I mean 30 times Is a lot Compared to 3 145 yeah, yards In a touchdown Yeah Damian Harris He had 10 carries 111 yards In a touchdown What sliding and Josh Allen was the leading rusher for the Bills at six carries, 39 yards.
1: Yeah, that's when, like, Josh Allen just, like, was doing, like, everything himself. And they're like, yo, we got to, like, get a running back. Yeah, I got to
0: see if Devin Singletary, 10 carries for 36. Zach Moss, who's now balling, eight yards for 20. That's just insane. I mean.
1: Yeah, that was an ugly game. It was on primetime, too. <laughs> It was like a Monday night
0: or Sunday night game. Yeah, and Stevenson carried the ball 24 times for 78. So, Damian Harris put his team on his back right there. But uh, I don't know if it stands for much these days. But anyways. Damian
1: Harris then just got injured, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, well, you know, there, there was a lot of memes of, you know, when he <laughs> the got. bus? Yeah, What yeah, was on that ambulance it's a little crazy, Buffalo. I mean, come on. Like, I, I just – it's wild. Anyways, Cardinals, Seahawks, man. 12th man's going to be rocking out. Cardinals, I mean, you know, they put up heart. They got heart. Wait, it's, I think I, it's, not in, it's not at Arizona. I don't think so. Maybe not. I thought it was at Arizona. I could be tripping, though. Um – Regardless, regardless. K- it's in Seattle. Okay. K one back to practice this week. Starting practice. Oh, was today I believe. So Yeah, today. Yeah. Um, so good news for Cardinals fans. I don't know what they're gonna do, but it'll be fun. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just like start rehabbing him, get him set for next year if he is your quarterback or not. Yeah. Show just, him
1: off so he looks good for another team. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, get some value. Who knows, man? But regardless of the fact. Give me the Seahawks. They played an ugly game last week and really had a chance to win it, couldn't close it out, win the game in the fourth quarter down the stretch against the Cardinals. It should be an easier task, easier opponent. They got to get it dug. I mean, 12th man. That is also one of the better home field advantages in the NFL, so give me the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, the Seahawks had a tough time scoring a ball in the red zone like at all against the, ba- the Bengals last week on the road, like you mentioned, another hostile environment up there in Cincinnati. So yeah, Seahawks at home against the division rival, Cardinals. They've been a fun team, but they still only have one win, so not really much there. Uh yeah, the Seahawks should they should take care of business. So give me Seattle at
0: home. To be honest, man, they're more fun to watch than the Broncos, Patriots, the literally Browns. any other all right, bro. <laughs> the Browns. Anyways, bro. Yeah, next game, 2023, 20, bro. We don't want all that good defense. We want to see you scoring. This. I'm sorry, we had a third string quarterback in the game. Next time, we'll just throw our 230 million. Oh well, yeah, that's why they're more fun to watch. <sighs> the Steelers travel to not home field advantage. So far to play the Rams yeah yeah and, the Steelers travel to have home field advantage, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, they just the only loss here is the Rams aren't dealing with the time zone change and the Steelers are, yeah so still, with that being said, man, give me the Rams, bro. Talk about least exciting team to watch in the NFL. The Steelers are up there, man. I mean, Steelers you want to talk about defense and no offense. Well, they've done at least seven well, games of
1: that. The Steelers excluding Kenny Pickett on his last two-minute drive. Like, that's good offense. Like,
0: like that pass what? he had to George Pickens. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That, and, that was a totally different offense. Like, that wasn't the same team. We and saw. it's always it's always like that. I know, like, last
1: year against the Raiders, Kenny Pickett had, like, that game-winning drive. So, it's like... In the fourth quarter, like, with under two minutes, this is a fun offense to watch. Any other time, I don't – I want no
0: part of it. But, like – But crunch time, Kenny, yeah, it's, it's a good offense. They were like, oh, he killed Matt Canada's sorry run play. Like, I'm like, fam, why doesn't he kill more times in the game? Like, bro, it's – Say, fuck it, bro. Yeah. Like, what Jaylen, do you have to lose?
1: Jalen Warren's on the field, not Najee. No, I mean, yeah. yeah. so he's more explosive,
0: yeah. Yeah, bro, give it to Jalen Warren, bro. I don't know why that guy's not starting, but I picked the Rams. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua offense is looking solid. Um they struggled last week, but expect them to kinda get back on track. Big game coming from them. I mean, I think this, the Steelers secondary is banged up, man, so give me the Rams at home slash on the road.
1: Yeah, um, I think this is a game where you can just kind of see the value of T.J. Watt, and this could be one of those games, like a team like the Rams, I think is a team where he can just single-handedly win. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it'll happen this week. I like the Rams as well. You mentioned Stafford, that connection with Cooper Cup. It's like they didn't even miss a beat at all. Cooper Cup back in that offense, producing, getting open. Puka Nakua. He's taken a slight step back to Cooper Cup, but he's still been very, very good. Although he had a tough touchdown drop, uh, in the, I think the first quarter last week. But regardless, he's still been very productive. He's a really good player. And defensively, the Rams have been kind of surprising. They've been, you know, serviceable. So it'll be fun to see. Although I believe Kyron Williams, running back, he might be banged up a little bit, might not play. But it doesn't matter. They got Matt Stafford to throw the ball a bunch against this Steelers team and. T.J. Watt can give Matt Stafford just a little bit of time. Like you mentioned, that secondary, not the best in the world. I think they'll be able to move the ball pretty well. And I think Kenny Pickett will have the ball in two minutes, but it just, it just won't mean anything.
0: Yeah, Kyron Williams, I think he's going to be out for like – they expect him to miss definitely this week, probably multiple. I two. think it's an
1: ankle. Everyone's rolling their ankles, man. Yeah.
0: Um Next game up, Divisional AFC West matchup. Those same Chargers travel to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs. And, you know, we always talk about Divisional matchups. maybe, you know, kind of a coin toss, a little different. Well, the Chiefs find ways to win games, whether, you know, the refs bail them out. The Chargers find ways to lose games. Um, shout out to the Chargers fan that they showed Last week, oh, that lady. Yeah. yeah, the lady who's now their Twitter, pro, they were like, "Oh, this is what Taylor Swift sort of dreams to be." <laughs> I mean, she had heart, bro. You know, we always talk about heart, bro. That's the most important thing, man. So, you know, if they show her over Taylor Swift, I wouldn't be mad, bro. They need to get her out to Arrowhead or something, like a little competition, a little, little camp showdown between her and T Swift. Um. But give me the Chiefs, man. I mean, the Chargers, like I said, find ways to lose football games, whether it's Staley going for it fourth down in his own territory with, you know, a one-score game is absolutely insane sometimes. And I, you can't even say analytics, analytics, this just bad coaching. So give me the Chiefs who are very well coached.
1: Yeah, maybe they can have uh, Taylor Swift, the Rams fan, and Kelsey's mom all together in the same box. That would yes, right. be fun, yeah. That'd the big three. Yeah, girl power. Um, Yeah, I, looking at this schedule and looking at the picks or whatever, I was like, divisional matchup. Herbert and the Chargers, they usually play the um, Chiefs pretty well. But then... I was like, do I want to pick Chargers? And I was like, you know what? Let me just, you know, take the players off of the field. You got Andy Reid versus uh, Brandon Staley. And after that comparison, I picked the Chiefs. So, give me the Chiefs
0: at home. It's a good way to break things down, man. Yeah. Let's keep it simple. The Green Bay Packers, man, playing the Denver Broncos. And we just talked about the Broncos, you know, being the least fun team in the league. To watch. And, I mean, it's true, man. I just – the Packers, I think they're coming off a bye, right? They are. So, especially after coming out – I think they lost the last time out. They lost to the Rangers Monday
1: night. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
0: that was a good game. Came down to the wire. The Packers, we mentioned, they're a young team. They're up and down, highs and lows. Well, it seems like a lot of teams have their highs against the Denver Broncos. and That's very true. So – I mean, just for that fact, Aaron Jones probably coming back. They finally get their, you know, RB1 back, and A.J. Dillon can take his, <laughs> go back to the bench, and maybe Jair can talk about this offense a little differently this week. Give me the Packers on the road. Just They're one of those frisky teams. Yeah, the Packers, you know, they started off the season really hot. Matt
1: LaFleur, you know, was getting, doing his thing, play calling. Jordan Love looked super comfortable. Then it got a little little rocky right before the bye. So, I think, look to see LaFleur in this offense kind of go back to what was making Jordan Love a lot comfortable. He was playing some really good football. Christian Watson, he gets another week to get back healthy. Use that bye week to, you know, get more comfortable in this offense. They got some young playmakers. and Like you said, they're a young team, up and down. And, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. We always talk about those get-right games. I mean... The Denver Broncos are like someone you want to have circled on your schedule in terms of a get-right
0: game. So, give me the Packers and Mile High. Imagine having a get-right game after a bye, bro. Like, that's a double-down. Like, you have the blackjack table. You might split the cards, double-down, whatever. Uh, But that's definitely it. Now, game of the week, I mean, it's just, it's got to be between us. I mean, the Miami Dolphins, they travel to the – most hostile environment as far as the people in the stands. <laughs> um, the mean. Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, dude, you, you see what the Philly fans do out there in this, uh, NLCS, man, it gets wild. I did see a, a Swift and Terrell Edmonds at the game though. And boys were showing out, um, the other night, they didn't know who Kyle Schwerber was either. So maybe they need a little coach coaching up on baseball, but, um, Offense, Eagles, man. You let me take the Browns. I want to hear your thoughts on these, these Eagles. You mentioned the tough part of their schedule starts now.
1: It does, and you know, a bad loss to the Jets, unfortunate. Injuries piling up. I believe last week we only we there was like a point in time we legit had one starter on the field from our secondary. I believe. And that was James Bradbury, who early in the year, he was banged up. So, not the best. Defensively, I really like what we're doing. Even though we did have all those injuries, that front seven is really, really starting to heat up. Hassan Reddick, I believe, is on pace to have more sacks this season than he did last year. And I believe he was up near the in the 20s. And he didn't have a sack, I believe, the first two games. So, he's really, really heating up. Josh Sweat. Also playing very, very well. Jalen Carter, we've talked about every week. One of the best, not even young, defensive tackles. One of the best defensive tackles, period. He was out last game with the ankle. He should be back on track to play in this game. And if we want to win, we're going to need him. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, those guys have been very serviceable. They've been good. Linebackers have been decent as well. Kobe Dean came back. He was on a snap count last week, but when he was in when he was in the game, he looked good. So I mean, I believe this entire season the defense have only allowed one score off of a turnover, and we'll talk about Jalen Hurts second in the league in interceptions. So that's super good. And the last touch, the only score they allowed was the one at the end of the game, where the Jets I believe have very, they had you know plus field position. So defensively, you can't really ask more. Them guys are trying to do the best they can. Slay was out last game. Uh, Reed Blankenship, you know, our good at safety, he got banged up last game as well. Um, I forgot who was the corner we we signed like literally right before the game. Was it Roby Coleman? Someone like that. I don't know, an old corner who was like decent, but he got banged up as well. So, you know, the weakest point on our team was the secondary before and. They're already super banged up. So Edmonds, he's been healthy, but I mean, at this point, he's he's Terrell Edmonds, not a, a really not a game changer. But it's tough, man. It, it's really tough. So you're gonna want to see that secondary step up. Eli Ricks, the young promising uh, rookie, he got banged up a little bit as well last game too. So hopefully, we see some of those co- some of those guys come back. I believe Slay, he should be back next game. That'll definitely help. Not sure how much, but it'll help. Um, and then offensively, that's where everyone's got the questions. It doesn't look like the same offense without Shane Steichen. Jalen Hurts has regressed. This, that, the third. Uh, Offensively, I think we're okay. I just... The play calling, yes, i like to see it be better. But Jalen Hurts was playing really good the first three quarters. He's made a lot of nice plays. Him and A.J. Brown have one of if not this, you know, maybe the second best connection behind the team we're playing in terms of quarterback-receiver duo. But, I mean, it's up there with anybody. I put it up there with any team right now. The run game, it's always going to be there. But then again, we go back to the injuries. Lane Johnson rolled his ankle last game. He's questionable return. I'm seeing some positive signs saying that he's doing everything he can. Don't count him out. It's not a major injury, more of a pain tolerance thing, so hopefully he's back out there. I don't want him to, you know, re-aggravate anything, but last game was, I I think, was the game Jalen Hurts has been under pressure the most the entire year, and you got to give credit to the Jets as well. That defense is super, super good. They've put out some really nice performances against, you know, three very good quarterbacks in terms of Mahomes, Josh Allen, and now Jalen Hurts, so. You'd like to see Jalen Hurts get back to that Super Bowl level where he just looked unstoppable on the ground and through the air. I think it takes time. We'll see, you know, as the season progresses, that offense will get clicking more because you got to think, if you look back to last year, they were in a very close game against the Jags as well. Cooper Rush, when the Cowboys came in and Dak was out last year, they took them down to the wire at home too, so... There were some close games there. They got, I think they kicked a game winning field goal against the Cardinals last year, early on in the season as well. So it didn't, it wasn't, you know, all perfect last year either. There were some bumps in the road, and then we had the loss to the uh, Commanders. So maybe this Jets loss can be kind of similar to that, whereas, you know, it's just a bump in the road. You want to see those guys get involved more. Uh, Devontae Smith, a super, super important part of this offense. He hasn't been getting the targets he needs. So I think especially after that loss against the Jets where the Eagles should have won. They'll definitely take a look at some stuff. I think the defense is is going to be good enough to, you know, hang around, make games close to keep our team in the game. And offensively, we got – everything's there. We just got to put it together. So I think as we just keep playing more, as Jalen Hurts gets more and more confident because once you see Hurts doing that thing where it looks like he was a rookie again, where he's in the pocket and then just starts looking around and then scrambling – it's not good. We need the Jalen Hurts that's standing in the pocket. He's a big, strong quarterback and, you know, making those deep throws. The big play is always there. So I want to see them when the Jets, what the Jets did, knowing they were down two quarterback corners. They did their best taking away the big play. So kind of, you know, play to what the defense gives us. With that being said, this Dolphins team, I'm not confident at all. I'm not, I'm just going to say it. You know, we in South Florida, so we get all the Dolphins games on cable. And it's like every time I look up, it's just Tyreek Kill running by someone or Raheem Mostert dancing in the end zone. Like, it's just one of those two things, always. Like, that's just it. Uh, they have the best offense. There's what I don't, it's not even close, really. The way McDaniel's a scheming thing open and Tua, he's just playing. Maybe the best a system quarterback has ever played, if you want to say he's a system QB. Like, what they're asking him to do and what he's able to do, being super, super accurate in those short to intermediate areas. And then it's like, oh, we got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the outside, so I don't got to be accurate down the field. Just give them a chance. They'll make plays and run past people. So that definitely helps. Uh Defensively, the Dolphins don't really pose much of a threat. So, um... I think Bradley Chubb got a sack last game, so it was nice to see him get going. That but time. Yeah. I think defensively, I don't think the Eagles will have a problem moving the ball. It's just will they be able to keep up with the Dolphins? Not too confident about that. The only hope we have in this game, we got to just use the Bills blueprint, man. Put a lot of pressure onto it. Make him uncomfortable. Take that first easy read away. Just try to make him hold onto the ball as long as possible. And lucky for the Eagles, the best part of this team right now is our front seven. If we get a lot of that pressure up the middle from Jalen Carter, I think that'll really, really help Hassan Reddick. He keeps getting better and better. You know, he continues to heat up. Josh Sweat, Brandon Gar- Graham, Fletcher Cox—all these names that we know have been, you know, successful in the NFL at this point. We got. They gotta have their a game. They gotta help the offense out. Give the Eagles the ball in plus territory a couple times. Maybe get a uh, turnover here or two. because going against this Dolphins team, you're gonna need every single point you can get, every single chance you can get to score points. It's gonna be tough. Eagles are at home, so I'm gonna t- I'm gonna pick the Eagles, but I, it could get ugly, quick. I'm very I'm very aware. How bad this could get, but I'm going to believe in the Eagles. I'm going to, you know, I guess there was a players meeting after that loss to the Jets. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, everyone's stepping up, telling guys, you know, we got to look in the mirror. We got to be accountable. You know, Devontae Smith had a little press after the game, had a bad drop, very uncharacteristic, asking, you know, what happened there? What can you learn from? He just, you know, he's like nothing. Catch the fucking ball. And I mean, that's what it is. That's what it comes down to. These guys just got to make the plays they're capable of. If everything is clicking and we get the Eagles that, you know, we've been dying to see all year, then I think the Eagles can run away with this game. But if the Eagles have been playing the way they have so far this season, I think it'll be close and it, it could get ugly. But I don't believe in the Eagles. It could go either way. If I wasn't an Eagles fan, I might have picked the Dolphins. But I am an Eagles fan. So I think Philly gets back right. They get a big statement win. Prove that they're still, you know, one of, if not the best team in the league, and they get back right and give Tua and the Dolphins some struggles. So that's what I'm hoping, and that's what I'm gonna rock
0: with. So I'm surprised I even remember this. Bradley Roby was the corner um, that you talked about. Way yeah, back Bradley in the Roby,
1: that like yeah, For- good former on, Bronco, good on yeah, the Broncos, better, yeah, and the Saints too, I believe. Yeah,
0: probably. Um, yeah, he was in, he got injured. Yeah, Bradley Chubb. That was his second sack of the season, so he's played in every game as well. Like, <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like, dang, like sacks are low. I mean, Jalen Phillips really my guy coming into the season, who I expected to be, you know, the leading pass rusher on his team. He's, I think, he's only played in a game and a half. So good to have him back. Agbo's got two and a half. Zach Sealer leads the team with four, with Van Ginkle tied. And Van Geekle's been the most surprised player. Wilkins again his three and a half. We know what he can do. Forced to be reckoned with on the inside. The pro- my problem with this defense is, you know, they bring in Vic Fangio. You know, this is the guy that's supposed to get the defense right from I, I can't even think about the coordinator's name last year, but um maybe I'll get it one day. But it it was a lot of cover zero, man to man blitz, man coverage. And Vic Fangio is kind of the opposite, man. He doesn't draw up a lot of blitzes. He sits back and plays a lot of zone, maybe a little cover two man. But against that Bills team, that's where you really saw it because that cover zero was the only thing that was effective against that Bills team. Yeah, sure, you'd get burned on some plays. That's what happens when you run you know, one-on-one man coverage. There's got to be something that changes on this defensive side of the ball for them to truly be – Super Bowl favorites, like, I think they should be. Moving on, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be just fine. You mentioned the the quarterbacks that the Jets have been played. The Jets are the second-best defense in the NFL. Don't get that wrong. 49ers are three. I put the Cowboys at four. But the Cowboys, they do something better than the other teams, and that's scoring the football defensively compared, you know, mm-hmm. to other teams. And that's something the Dolphins don't do. They don't create turnovers. They've created – three fumble recoveries and they have more fumble recoveries than interceptions. They have 1 2 I think it's 2. Two picks. And one of them's by defensive end. <laughs> so, Xavier Howard's the only one that has a pick this year. Cater Kohu's been playing a lot on the outside. I've talked about how he needs to get moved inside and just let Eli Apple be burnt toast on the outside cuz <laughs> it, it's better to have Kohu in the slot where he is really effective and really good than two subpar corners trying to get him to play outside. Nonetheless, I mentioned I think that Eagles offense is gonna be all right, but players meeting really players only meet you know what that means, bro. Oh, well,
1: not like players like in the locker room. You yeah, know but it's a you. players
0: only meeting. We've we've played on teams, man. I don't know if you've had a players only meeting, bro, but it. it <laughs> They they not you know it's it's bad when it's a players only meeting but
1: yeah and we're five and one so
0: I know bro that's what I'm saying like so it could be really bad or really good I mean no in between but I I think they're fine Um, Tua is not a system quarterback so just want to get that out the way Um, yeah you benefit from a scheme I'm sorry that our coaches offensively gifted actually compared to some other coaches in the NFL that can't draw up plays to get their star players open because that's what they get paid to do like um but two is just doing everything he's being asked of you mentioned the intermediate routes I mean he's throwing the ball downfield air yards or not I mean yeah it helps having two of the fastest guys in the NFL to just be able to like throw it deep but at the end of the day, you got to go out and win football games. You got to go out and execute. And you got to go out and make plays. He has been sloppy at times when that first read was taken away. Last year, he was able to go through the progressions a little more. I think he just needs to get his feet back under going through those pretty progressions at game speed once again. And I think he's starting to do that as well. You said this game could get ugly, but I just, I mean, I know that Eagles' secondary is banged up, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a good game. Maybe a 10-point a difference, maybe not a 20-point blowout where we see, you know, quarterbacks late. But I think the Dolphins' defense finally, finally step up and make a play. And I'm going to call it, it's going to be a sack. It's going to be Jalen Phillips because we can't get a turnover. That's what I'm going with, man. Dolphins on the road, best team in the league right now.
1: If Jalen Hurts can just protect the ball better than what he has been, a lot of his interceptions and stuff have – Kind of been flukes. He had three interceptions last game, and two of them were they were just, like, not really his fault. The last one was, you know, kind of a bad just heave, chuck up. But regardless, we've had, like, a lot of just unfortunate breaks just not go our way when it seemed like last, last year. Every single thing was going our way. So just a little adversity. If Jalen Hurts can just protect the football, maybe get the run game going a little bit, it'd be nice to lean back into that. Swift has been super, super good this year game has been serviceable as well. Not too – I mean, Christian Wilkins is going to be a problem but on that defensive line for the Dolphins. But we got a pretty solid interior offensive line. You got Kelsey there. Hopefully he can hold up just a bit. But I think it's going to come down to our defensive front seven making plays, Hassan Reddick, Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat, getting back there, disrupting Tua. And then just helping out our offense in that secondary a little bit, giving the ball, like I said, to the offense and plus territory where we haven't been that good this year in the in the red zone. But maybe, you know, we cook some stuff up. Brian Johnson, yeah, he's had a rough first couple games. A lot, a lot of the Eagles fans, a lot of the discourse, you know, in the social space, a lot of people calling for his job. I don't think just yet. But he's definitely on track for not being an offensive coordinator. And then the secondary, that's been kind of the weakest point of our team all year. Having Slayback healthy definitely helps. But, I mean, when you're going against Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, I mean, it doesn't really – I don't think it really matters. So, you put out there, they're going to be open. It just comes down to can we get the tool before he can, you know, find those open guys down the field? And can we kind of protect the ball offensively and find those bigger plays because we got the playmakers, like I mentioned. Dallas Goddard, he's a – Really, really good tight end. Didn't even mention him, but A.J. Brown has been on fire this year. I think he has the most uh, consecutive 125-yard plus games in NFL history. So I believe he continues to stay hot. He gets going again, and then we want to see Smithy get involved too. So protect the ball offensively, run the ball a little bit, take those big shots, hit those big plays. You know when they come, because you'll get one or two every game. It's just you just gotta hit them and then defensively hopefully Jalen Carter's back he's been a, a super super big part of this defense I mean he's way ahead of target Jordan Davis who I didn't even mention he's been super solid this year as well in terms of stopping the run even giving a little bit of the juice pass rushing so that front seven on defense I think they step up I think they make a couple big plays and offense takes advantage of maybe a turnover or two or some good field position I, I think the Eagles can squeeze this one out at home like I like, I can see it happening either way. Like There's a world where the Eagles blow the Dolphins out. There's a world where the Dolphins blow it out. And then both teams can win a good game. Like I, They're just two. They're not similar teams, but two teams that have strengths and the other team's weakness. So it'll be fun to see how those play out. Literally.
0: It's, I said it, bro. Game of the week, man. But it's going to lead us to Monday Night Football 49ers-Vikings vikings catching a win maybe Jay jet come back kirk cousins here to stay we'll talk about some trade rumors next week with the trade deadline approaching but for this week man niners on the road going to the vikings can the niners do they drop two in a row on the road to the minnesota vikings does kirk cousins and company can they get it done i don't think so man but (laughs) Banged up Niners he or not, falling man. wasn't fooling nobody with that shit, bro. <laughs> you tell me that didn't sound good for a little second. I mean, there. maybe it sound good, but nobody <laughs> falling for that shit, bro. Hey, like. Give me the Niners, man, Brock Purdy. He'll bounce back. You mentioned the weather. Also went up against one of the greatest defenses of all time. Here we go with that Since shit again. the Steel Curtain. Probably better than Steel Curtain. Um, or any of those Ravens defenses. I mean, it's up there. I'm obviously just kind of playing around. But they could go down as, you know. One of the greats, but it was a great defense. The Vikings nowhere near on the defensive level, considering they're looking to move their best player on defense. Regardless of the fact, Niners, McCaffrey, Mason—I don't care who's in the backfield, Debo, Eliza <laughs> Mitchell—yeah, like just give me the Niners on the road, man. Prime time, Kirk. It's 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 in the script.
1: Yeah. uh, talk about bounce back get right games i mean this is another one per like is is just prime for the 49ers to dominate and it'll be another one of those games where the browns are going to play the colts in the one o'clock window they're going to have a good game you know the defense is going to continue to be really solid nothing's going to really happen like crazy but you know the browns are just going to continue to have play a really good game and then we get the vikings 49ers on prime time fred warner is going to like have a crazy interception. Maybe Nick Bosa like makes a sack. Then everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, the Forty Nineers' best defense in the league. This team's unbeatable." No one like, but then it's gonna be like, "Yeah, the Browns really just beat them last week," and everyone was saying the Browns are the greatest defense like it, of all time. Like it this year, there's been a lot of flip flopping. And like every every, every defense year. is like the every greatest year, defense though. of all time. So. It just kind of depends on, you know, Mm -hmm. weak bias. Weak bias and, you know, who's watching, like primetime. Like, there's going to be more people watching the 49ers and Vikings. So, whenever the 49ers do something offensive or defensively, it's going to seem better because just more people are watching. Whereas the Browns are, I'm sure, they could. They're very capable of making those crazy defensive plays. But even if they don't, even if they just have a really solid game and maybe only give up. 10, 13 points to the Colts, like, is it's nothing crazy, but they're getting the job done, continuing their great statistical run, and I'm sure it'll be overshadowed by a flashy Fred Warner, co- not even interception, he'll just cover, like, tight he'll cover like 30 uh, yards downfield yeah. he'll cover like the uh the third string
0: tj hawkinson
1: not like, even the third string receiver right now for the vikings because justin jefferson's out so i don't even know who it is he'll like kj
0: like osborne's yeah. too or like jordan addison is like not yeah
1: not even like he'll, <laughs> yeah, he'll run with kj osborne on a crosser like <laughs> he's the greatest coverage linebacker of all time he's like don't it's get me Cam wrong maker in the hole <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like i'm not hating fred warner is like a beast he, he is the best though linebacker right now in the NFL. And the 49ers do have a good defense. It's just – I I don't like, like, how every week there's just another greatest defense. Like,
0: just pick one, bro. I just I, – you mentioned Fred one more, greatest uh, linebacker in the league. When I talked about the Browns, I didn't shout out my boy. J.O.K. Pl- played his best game as a Cleveland Brown last week. And I, I love it, man. A-Walk went down with a concussion. He took over that defense, linebacker role, so – he need, he needs a little love, but Fred Warner, best in the business. You're right. So is, is that uh, all you got?
1: Yeah, I just I man, yeah, this Dolphins Eagles game, bro. This shit going. On. <laughs> it's
0: going. Well, we know he's having nightmares tonight. Babe. I'm
1: not having nightmares. It's just, you like
0: the Giants D coordinator?
1: Fuck no, I'm not. You done. Sleeping
0: like a baby tonight.
1: I'm not like anybody from the Giants, bro. I'll tell you <laughs> <no>. <laughs>
0: Anyways, man.
1: I think, bro, Jalen Hurts gets back right, bro. Just, you know, he had a, a rough fourth quarter. That's it. The f- first three quarters he was balling. He had that one play, bro. He, like, was like literally, and he, like, threw a sideline pass to A.J. Brown. Like a defensive lineman, like, draped on him. He's, like, stiff-arming him as he was throwing it, like, pinpoint accurate to the sideline. So,
0: Jalen Hurts will be he, all right. He, all right, yes or no question. Dolphins break out a new TD celly this week against the Eagles? No. All right, well, I'm, I'm betting, yeah. Oh, they probably will. they Are well, we bro. wagering this game, bro? Just a yes or no. We don't got to say the wager right now, bro. It's a yes what, or no. What, putting money on the game? Yeah. I
1: mean, Come on, bro. You know, I, I'll i never say no to that. Yeah, I
0: say less, man. I'll All right.
1: Yeah, so, it's a little
0: high stakes coming into next week's episode, man. A little, a little friendly wager, tight. You know, we'll get into it, man. Jalen Hurts
1: bounced back, gets back on track, has time. A.J. Brown, deep over, has <laughs> Eli Apple turned around in coverage. Well,
0: I was just about to throw up the
1: X, kid. Yeah. The person that just got, who was that? Adam Thielen or whatever, just shitted on him last week for the Panthers. Like, it,
0: fam, you asking. I got to say, Jalen Ramsey, he's got 21 days to come back off IR, returning to practice, man. Jalen will be back this week, so I ain't worry about it. Gonna be an island out there for them boys, and then you finally get Kohu back in the slot, twenty four seven, man. But I think we could go on all day about this Jerome, this
1: one. Jerome Baker looking a little washed too. Drum uh,
0: Baker is washed, bro. <laughs> He's I been hope hanging out come with Austin. Oh, a little boy in boot up, bro. <sighs> <laughs> nah, <Damn>, yeah, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Jerome Baker, the playmaker, man. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Is that Duke Riley effect? I think, but Duke Riley. Um, <laughs> go to go episode sixty one. I to like.
1: Goal. I do say. I like. I like. I like Robbie to have a big game though.
0: I don't even want to do an outro anymore, bro. There's no <laughs> way you name naming like the fourth string wide receiver right now. Talking about he having a big game. He be on the field though. He does. I mean, he'll get a couple. Of, the fourth string wide receiver, bro. Like you said, that as a joke.
1: 'Cause being real, bro.
0: I mean, he would torch that Eagles secondary, so yeah, Tua not gonna have time to throw it, so it won't really matter. It'll
1: be open, he just can't get it to him. Jalen Carter, they say the the worst pressure for a quarterback is right up the middle, bro. Like so. Oh, it's prime time too. You better hope Tua don't get hurt. Alright, bro. Now <laughs> we got it. All right, no. I'm Episode just Episode sixty one, go to
0: tick TikTok. Get Ugly, (laughs) Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that, man. Um, Episode 61. Appreciate everyone tuning in, man. And until next week, when the fans catch a dub, man, peace.